What's crack-a-lacking, y'all? Oh my god. God damn. We're the brothers. Darth Helios. And Mike Hill made it. Bringing you the smoothest Game of Thrones content. So smooth. You're listening to Tales from the Shadow from the Shadow Tale. Brought to you by our friends at Man Gossip. We're bringing you theories. Theories. Prediction. Prediction. Character breakdown. Character breakdown. Everything your heart desires, we have it. Oh, shit. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our seductive voices. Oh, yeah. You're going to like what you hear, I guarantee it. What up, what up, what up? We are back. What up, though? You're listening to The Brothers. I am Mike Hill Made It. And I am Darth Helios. And we're coming to you live from the wall. You're listening to the greatest podcast that ever was or will be about Game of Thrones. Tales from the Shadow Tower. Uh, it's been a while. Sorry, we took a little break. We wanted to let our episode sit for a little bit. You no, know, give you guys a chance to digest the the hard hitting shit we're giving you. Because we're about to give you some more hard hitting shit. Because we're about to give you a lot more shit. We're about to get scuba steved up into up into some northern theory for you tonight. You ready for this shit? Yeah. So like I said, I know we've been off, but you no, know, it's been busy around here. March Madness has started. Uh, big Tar Heel fans yeah. coming from the brothers here. Oh yeah, huge, huge, huge Hills fans. You know, we got we got family, we got friends. You know. We went there and everything, so we're we're not we're not one of those one of those bull, bullshit hills fans and everything. We're actually we're we're in this shit. And like I said, we're coming off actually today coming off a great win, uh, about twenty point win over who was it? Who do we play? I don't even remember now. Washington, oh, Jesus, wow. Washington. Some kind of some type yeah. of fans we are, but twenty point win over Washington, <laughs> and, then, and then we had to witness a bullshit win by Duke. But, Last I couple mean, seconds, I mean. Typical Duke yeah, fashion. Yeah. That's why I fucking can't stand Duke. Oh my god, I, mean, I can't stand. But that's can't a stand. that's a whole other topic for a different yeah, day. We'll that um, later. But like <laughs> I said, we got we got a great episode for you tonight. Like I said, you're listening to the greatest podcast that ever was or will be about Game of Thrones: Tales from the Shadow Tower. So, uh, like I said, we got a great episode: Northern Theory, for and you. why the North remembers. Yes, name of the episode: The North Remembers. So let's get deep into it. Let's get it. right into it why does the north remember so to actually start with that we actually got to take it let's, back yeah, let's, to the let's, beginning. let's rewind the clock all the way thousands and thousands of years ago back into the dawn age the first men they make their way across the the arm of dorn from essos and start populating the, the the continent of westeros and during this time they uh they find themselves in conflict with the with the natives there the also known as the children of the forest and also the giants, but they didn't really. Have and to do while with they the came over, obviously, you know, whenever there is, um, you know, just like the pilgrims coming over, there's always going to be a little bit of scuffle between the indigenous yeah. and the uh, and the colonizers. Yeah, but, yeah. as you can imagine, um, things you know, didn't go well. The first men, obviously, slaughtering their sacred trees, slaughtering uh, the children, taking over land, and while this is happening, obviously, tons of petty kingdoms were being created, mm-hmm. lots of war, lots of devastation to the land. So I. I at some point, the children were like, "Fuck it, we're tired yeah, we of these got, motherfuckers." We got it. We got to fight. Gotta do we got to do something. We're fighting for our survival here. Um, like I said, the the children of the forest. Like I said, they spoke when they spoke or spake spoke spoke. Whenever they spoke, it was like the land. It, they didn't speak the common yeah, tongue. They didn't speak they, the common tongue. They spoke. They spoke, the, uh, it, they, they spoke like wind wind blowing or babbling brooks. They spoke the language of nature. So. Um, in order not anything to, that we can understand. Yeah, not nothing that you know a normal person can understand. Yeah. But they they actually gathered at the Isle of Faces at some point to handle the the first man problem. Um, and doing so, they sacrificed thousands of first men along with their own children to handle this. And they brought upon the hammers of the water. Yeah, this this is this is a big deal here. They, we're we're talking 
like, like you just said, we're talking thousands of innocent people getting sacrificed to um, perform some great magic, some crazy, crazy, like Grindelwald type magic, and some yeah, some Dumbledore Grindelwald type magic. And the reason he's saying that, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, <laughs> the fan, the second Fantastic Beast movie, but the first scene in that movie, that dude that, was doing stuff that's, like that's some some crazy shit, like. like <laughs> nothing we've seen yeah, like, Harry Potter ever do. He's a chosen one that wasn't doing nothing yeah, like this. Like so. how the, like how how in the hell did he like transport his body from inside the carriage to like? Dude, what he the, was he was he was striking kind of dudes on that? brooms with lightning, like while yeah. driving a thr- a Thestral cart. Like he like, might be that's like ultimate goat status. Yeah, he like he's that dude. Yeah. He he was clearly he was that, that dude. dude. Anyways, that's yeah. a whole another tangent. Um, but yeah, the breaking of the waters, like I said, it. It destroyed the the Armadorn, which which was the land bridge that allowed the first men from Essos to come over to populate Westeros. Um, but by this point, it was already too late because apparently yeah. the first men populated or um, yeah, they, they had, gave birth at five times the rate mm-hmm. of what the children did. Yeah, they they pretty much had not conquered because it's not like there were millions of them coming right, over. Right, right. They didn't conquer. But, but, but at this point, it was you know the numbers were overwhelming. Even if yeah. they if they wanted to conquer, they could have done it yesterday. Yeah, exactly. So by this point, when the when the first men came over, they had already pretty much taken over all of Westeros. They're they're all over the place. The children of the Forest don't really have much that yeah, they can do point, to survive. They they need to do something. So they broke the Armadorn. So we're not really sure the timeline with this, but after the breaking of the Armadorn, obviously the creation of the White Walker started, mm. and we saw this in the show: a dragon glass, uh, dragon glass dagger to the heart, t- created the initial White Walker. Right. All right. So this happened, um, but as after this, there's a second attempt to to kind of help ease the, not ease the tides, but kind of to shift to shift the, the battle. An- another show of power from from the Children of Forth. They've already brought the Hammer of Waters and, and broken the Arm of Dorne. They've created the White Walker. Now they're trying to bring the Hammer of Waters again to break the continent in half. Yeah, at this point, they and- wanted to break the continent in half to split the North from the rest of the from the rest of the nation. So they brought the, the the Hammer of the Waters to the Neck region of Westeros, which is like we, we've said in multiple podcasts, the Neck is the swamp area located at the southernmost su- tip southern of the step. north and the northernmost tip of the of the Riverlands. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, this is actually where the Kranich men are from. Right. If you remember Mira yeah. Reed, Howland Reed, Jojen Reed, yeah. this is where they're from. Um, and Yeah, and it said that they have intermingled with it. But before even all of this went down, there are, of course, pockets of first men and children of the forest that somewhat got along. and They obviously the, intermingled the, with yeah, the Cranning Men. The Cranning Men are one of those sects of people that that came that were able to find some type of cohabitation right, right. With, with, with the children. And they're the kind of described as being shorter than most. They're kind of like, they're kind of seen down in Westeros as like dirty people. Yeah, I think, I think um, um, one of their nicknames is Frog Eaters. Yeah, the, yeah. the phrase really don't like them because they were saying every time they would go into the neck, they don't fight like real people. They they hide on their, their floating islands and, and jump out at people hey, from strengths. the swamp. Yeah, I mean, they're I mean, doing what they yeah, got to do. Like the phrase, charge their bullshit tax to cross their bridge. Don't hate the play, yeah, hate the game. They're doing what they got to do to live. So, um, but like I said, at this point the land bridge they created the they created the swamp area um but like i said it was too late the white walker creation was had uh, already began and at this point after the second breaking um, of the land this is when the children at some point were like all right we guys we might have yeah we, up. we might we might have fucked up here we've we've pretty much destroyed our land we created the sentient and created <laughs> these white walkers that are now also not only are the first men fucking us up but the White Walkers also fucking. We us created up. This, these sentient beings that don't give a fuck about us. They just want murder, murder, and murder. So, what are the children to do? So this is when 
the I guess the start of how Stark comes into play in the Age of Heroes. Right. And this is when the children seek out the help of the last hero, aka Brand the Builder. AKA the first Brand Stark. AKA the first Brand Stark to help with this problem. So in legend, during the te- during the Age of Heroes, Brand the Builder, with the help of the children of the giants, drove the knight, the original Night King, up north. Uh-huh. So the real question is, how would Brand the Builder be able to do this? Like we, like we said before, the giants and the children don't speak the co- the common tongue. They have they speak yeah, they, like uh, babbling brooks. They speak like the wind. So how could he, how could they communicate? Well, that's and, and like you just said, that's where the Brand the Builder comes in, and he is in in our estimation the first Three Eyed Raven that was made. The first thing that was made to the combat. The first fucking Three Eyed Raven. He was made yeah, he was by made, the children to combat the original Night King. Exactly. The children gave Bran the Builder the ability to green sight. Gave him the the power of green sight. Gave him gave him the ancient magic that they that they once knew, and gave him the ability to see what they see and muster up the forces to be able to drive the Night King back. Which is why this makes point, Bran. This is which is why this makes Bran the Builder the last hero. Just like how this kind of parallels Bran Stark. Now he's a green seer and is obviously. Mm-hmm. The Night nice King number one target. Because remember in the show when whenever Bran was having that vision and the Night King touched him, he is he descended on that the, cave the with second, full force. The second he touched him, he was out there in front of that cave, ready to go. There are like with three the smoke. There are like three times that the Night King could have gave John all the smoke, but chose him to give him a little bit of the smoke. Just a little bit, just to show him what he's working with. He had one time to give Bran the smoke, and he gave him all the smoke. But Hodor, R.I.P. RP one of the saddest moments, but he mm. went out like a G. He went out like a G. Like an um, absolute boss. But like we were saying, so Bran the Builder was created by the children to combat the Night King, making Bran the first three eyed Jaden. Giving him the Green Seer ability. <laughs> giving him the sight that that the children also have. Exactly. Yeah, giving that giving him the ability to not only communicate with the children of the forest, but just nature in general. So after after this happened, like I said, there was a pact obviously at the at the aisle, um, which is probably going to resemble much of what we're going to see here. I don't think we're going to destroy the Night King. I think it's going to be another pact to maybe send them past the wall, and then you know maybe they rebuild the wall. But since since oh I'm sorry, let me go back. After Bran the Builder um, made the pact and sent them past the wall, and they built the wall to help the children children of the forest. The wall was the the first fortification to make sure that. The the others stayed where they're at. the The wall was the first. After that, Winterfell was built as the last standpoint. This is mm. like this is the last stronghold. If Winterfell falls, then then we're it. all dead. <laughs> then fuck yeah, it. Yeah, Winterfell's dead. gone. Then we're all gone. Let's uh, let's take it in, fellas. Um, but like we we're saying, in in the show and in the books, it said that Winterfell actually the crypts of Winterfell were the first thing in the whole stronghold to be built. Which makes a lot of sense of why, well, not a lot of sense, but at least some sense of why the lowest regions of the crypts are the oldest. Which makes no sense because typically yeah. the start of the crypt is for the yeah. oldest members of the family. Because how are you supposed to know, you know, how far yeah. are you supposed to dig unless you're a motherfucking yeah, green unless seer. unless you're a green seer. Unless and, you're and the last hero. Unless, unless you're that dude like Bran the Builder was. So the crypts, just like the original Three-Eyed Raven Cave, or like we see in the movie, on the, in the show... The Three-Eyed Raven Cave, 
the Crips of Winterfell was Brand the Builder's original Three-Eyed Raven cave. Exactly. Which is why the Crips are just as big yeah. as Winterfell, which is why they're cavernous. I'm pretty sure at one point it must have been a city for the for the children of the forest. It, 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 it had to have been there because that, that would, that, now that I think about it, that would make, that, now that would make sense why the lowest levels of the Crips are the oldest because they were already built by, by the, children the children of the forest. It's like and a mini just, city down there already. Exactly, and, then, and they just built Winterfell around it to house all of that ancient magic that's down there. The same ancient magic that is used in the wall to erect the wall. And we hear Melisandre say in, what, season five, maybe, when, when she's there at the wall. Well, actually, actually it, te- right. it technically wasn't in the, in the show, but in the books, she mentions to John that her powers while she's at the stronger. wall, her powers are much stronger at the wall. And I'm willing to bet that if she were to ever go to Winterfell and be and be in the crypts, that her powers would also be much stronger and probably the strongest they'd ever been because that's this like that's like the source of the magic right there. So just kind of to rewind, kind of what we were talking about, the children created the Night King. Mm-hmm. They broke the they used the hammer of the waters to break the armor dawn and split the split uh, Westeros in two. They then um, looked they split for. The neck. They, they then looked for Bran the Builder, the last hero, to help them control the White Walker and gave him the Green Seer ability. So the Winterfell Crypts first thing built were the Three-Eyed Ravens, the original Three-Eyed Jaden's first um, Three-Eyed Raven cave. So after that, Winterfell itself was constructed after that as a stronghold to protect that cave, to protect the headquarters. Like I said, the Crypts are, are um, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like point zero or a, um, what is it called? Um, like the barrier or uh, destination zero, or uh, you know, right. there's an outbreak of a zombie. Uh, oh, um, uh, oh, the, damn, the very the, um, the center spot of it, like the ep- the epicenter. But that's mm-hmm. not the word you're looking for. I know, I know. Ground zero, that's right? Exactly. Ground zero. There it is. The crypts like are essentially ground zero for everything. Exactly. If ground, if if they get to ground zero, then like I said, it's game. Then over. it's it's over. Um, that's where that's where it emanated from. And if they ever get back to where it started, then game over so we've heard this quote many times in the in in the show and it's there must always be a stark in winterfell which kind of goes back and helps give us proof of why there must always be a stark in winterfell so since brand the builder like we were saying is the original uh green seer the original three-eyed raven the the original last hero every stark descendant after that who is buried in the crypts has that same blood running through them exactly meaning they have that that they might not be the three-eyed raven, but they have that blood. They have that. They at least have that ability in in their in their DNA to be able to do this. And like like you were just saying, every descend every Stark king descended after Bran the Builder is buried in the crypts because that is another person, an, another another soul that is added to the to the army of of the Starks. And also the reason I kind of think why Starks are buried in the crypts like like we were saying every stark after this has the ability to green scene just like the yeah. children just like all the stark kids in the main show well, they, now have, they have the ability to warg they have the ability yeah. to warg or yeah. have some type of of yeah. children of the force ability now, of course some we, type we of don't it. see that in the show there there are there are a couple hints that we get from from bran and rickon and even like a couple of like subtle hints from um aria and and john that they're connected with their direwolf like that and also um with uh robin Greywind. But in the books, it's way, way, way more heavily implied mm-hmm. almost yeah. to the fact where it's like almost right. canon. The fact that every single Stark child 
can warg into their wolf. Which I would say, honestly, we're still waiting on the ghost sighting. You, yeah. When do we see ghosts in the last season? If we don't see we're, him we're at least the first two one. seconds. We're going to see him episode one. I, I bet I, they do. Like the first scene, we're going to see ghosts waking up somewhere. It's like, holy wrong. shit. And ghost is going to be a fucking monster. Dude, ghost is going to be huge. And also, yeah. what I predicted for the last season in the North Ghost, what if we, what if they meet up this way? Ghost is just, you know, running through the wolf's wood somehow, and then boom, runs into Nymeria. And then when he sees Nymeria, all of a sudden, like, they just see, I don't know, they're off the battlements. John and Arya meet for the first time, and all of a sudden you see Ghost and Nymeria with her pack of hounds just, like, out in front of Winterfell. And boom, episode three, Battle of Winterfell, you're going to see that whole pack of wolves fucking niggas up. Or just get slaughtered by the White Walkers. <laughs> but, oh, that'd be awful. Come on, man. We don't want to hear this. Uh, I want to yeah. call Pete on your ass. I'm sorry. I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. But <laughs> trust. But tr- we're like everyone else. We need to see ghosts. Hashtag Where is that dude? Ghost. Hashtag free ghost. Um, and also, we like to see Nymeria again because I'm pretty sure Nymeria well, looked bigger than Ghost yeah, when we because saw her back. If if you think that Ghost is going to be monstrous whenever we see him, remember he's the runt of the litter. So right, he was a runt. So we see Nymeria. She's and just remember, we haven't seen Ghost in about a season yet, so he's going to be even bigger than... He might yeah. be as big as Drogon. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Whoa. That'd be the scariest that, thing. What would be scarier? Obviously a dragon because it breathes fire, but... But but if you see a wolf the size of a giant dragon, I, th- I feel like that would be even scarier. Because, you like, giant... Not giant, excuse me. Dragons are supposed to be that big, like... Yeah, that, that's natural it's, for, it's for a dragon. It's just very strange if you to see, see a giant hellhound wolf yeah. looking like, oh my god! If you see a giant wolf as big as, bruh, call it a day. I'm like, you, you, y'all, you win. I'm cool. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go back <laughs> home and uh, I'm gonna chill up north. Y'all, so, keep doing your thing down here. So the reason there must always be a Stark in Winterfell, like we're saying, each dead Stark adds to the Green Seer ability. And I'll, oh, what I wanted to bring up is kind of like in the cave um, when Bran initially got to the Three Eyed Ravens cave. And I don't know if you guess, it's kind of subtle, I guess, but after Jojen died, the Three-Eyed Raven kind of fed him a pace that would make his abilities better. So what I'm thinking is, let's say Bran gets to the Weirwood Connection, gets in the Weirwood Grove in the crypts. Since every dead Stark down there is a Green Seer or has ability to warg, maybe him being in the crypts, you know, amplifies his yeah, it, Green it, Seer ability it, tenfold. It which further is what, connects yeah. him to all of those, all of those uh, dead kings of winter. Boom. So what we're saying is that what what oh, I'm sorry. So the reason there must always be a Stark in Winterfell is because the Starks are pretty much bound to protect yeah, the North. They're bound by blood to protect. They are the bound North. by their last hero blood to protect the North. They're the only things that can truly stop the others or at least hold them back. So that's what that's what gives credence to the fact that there must always be a Stark in Winterfell. Um, so to kind of to play off that, uh, we wanted to get into uh, exactly you know why the north remembers or actually maybe why they forgot so to kind of rewind this we have to go back to the knight's king's tale uh of the of the 13th lord commander exactly and we all know we we've we've heard you know a couple couple tales of the of the knight's king if you don't, if, for anyone who doesn't remember the knight's king is the the knight's king not the knight king excuse me let me make sure i enunciate is the 13th lord commander of the knight's watch who at some point along the history time along the timeline he was seduced by a white walker female uh, presumably and, the yeah, knight's queen yeah presumably the knight's queen 
he was seduced he was seduced by her with um I think I said with he was seduced by her, her icy blue eyes and her and her and her cold yeah, skin. Yeah, the story kind of goes he was at the top of the wall mm-hmm. and noticed her from the top and when he did he he loved her and chased her and when he chased her he gave her a seed and after giving her his seed his soul. Uh, after doing this, and after that's that's basically him turn. That was him turning him, yeah. into the Knights King. I and, wouldn't say the Knights King. I would say possibly to a knight, to a, maybe a, a a White Walker, essentially. But, but that union gave him the power to basically everyone that was in the Night Four gave him the power to enslave to, to, and, to enslave and bind their will to do whatever he wanted. And, and for that, those, which just kind of resembles what the Night King does, mm-hmm. where he you know he raises, he can control the whites, kind of like kind of a hive mind mentality. Yeah, he uses so, his magic too. So perhaps maybe mm-hmm. you're right. Maybe, perhaps maybe the Thirteenth Lord Commander, maybe the original Night King, and um, like I said, enslaved enslaved the Night's Watch. And again, he was he was actually sacrificing his young, like Crasher was to to the others which is when the king of the north at the time brandon the breaker was like fuck that shit we can't have that happen yeah sorry exactly and during the during this time when when he 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 gives the seat to to the to the his knight's queen it was around what 13 14 15 years or so where he's committing all of these atrocities like all like that like the think about ramsey bolton Time to thousand, like doing this like is a bad the, dude. the worst bad dude. shit you can possibly do. Like I said, he's giving his sons, future White Walkers, to the night to the others at this point. And at at some point, which eventually somewhere down the line, people started figuring out what the fuck is going on. And as you were just saying, the King in the North, Bran the Breaker, is like, "No, nah, we can't be, we can't be having all this." So, so he descends on he descends on the knights, the Knights King at the wall with the king with the help of the King yeah. beyond the wall at the time, a uh, Jorman. And obviously wreck his ship, and they eliminate all names, all history writings of this dude from history. And this is where we think that is the beginning of where the North begins to forget why there must be a Stark in Winterfell. This is this is the beginning of it. This kind of, I feel like because we kind of feel like them doing this because, like I said, they eliminate or erase all history of this guy. So at this point, it's kind of like the Starks were ashamed of their history. At this point, they they were ashamed that they were giving. Um, you know, helping the enemy, helping the people they were sworn to protect at this point. Um, so they, like I said, this is also what we believe why Brandon the Breaker actually got his name. That once he took the what, night, yeah, after he, you know, disposed of the night, the nice king at the wall, took him back to the crypts where all the Starks are, are buried and broke the lowest level of the, of the crypts to keep him in there. And just in case, um, you know, he wouldn't be able to come back. Because essentially this might be, like I said, this would be, you know, the guy who got the shard of dragon glass to his chest was like the original Night King. The thirteenth Lord Commander would have been like Night King two point But him uh-huh. sacrificing his babies to the to the others is what gives them the connection to the Starks. And and this isn't just like Brand the Breaker didn't do this just for shits and giggles. Like he's not it's not like he just heard about about some guy up at the night for it doing crazy shit and went to go take him out. Like he did this because this was a Stark that is committing to try this 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 is a guy that is tainting the stark name the good stark name and the stark blood yeah, and, and the stark this. bloodline and this is a direct quote from old nan from a storm of swords brand pov chapter four he was a stark a brother of the man who brought him down he was a stark of winterfell and who can say mayhaps his name was brandon mayhaps he slept in this very bed in this very room which is also uh, a kind of cool story i wanted to get into i don't know if uh if our listeners know the story of Bale the Bard, 
Um, pretty much kind of in summation, uh, the king of winter at the time, um, I believe held a tourney or something, and uh, Bale the Bard, who was the king beyond the wall at the time, uh, came to Winterfell as an alias, as, as Bale. Alias, yes. Um, and he he sang a beautiful song for the king of Winterfell at the time, and the king said, you can have any gift you like. Uh, the king of Winterfell at the time only had one daughter, one daughter just to kind of give you background on the story, but he only had one daughter no sons. Um, Bale said the only thing he wanted for his prize was the fairest flower in the Winterfell Gardens, which, you know, people t- took it as, you know, maybe a winter rose, because that's where the only places the winter roses are grown. But what he actually meant... What he actually meant is... The king of Winterfell's yeah. daughter. The next day... He meant the metaphorical flower, not an actual yeah. flower. <laughs> the, the the flower that's... Yeah. So, um, the next day, when they go to um, the Lady Winterfell's quarters, there's only a blue rose on the bed. And the legend has it is that the Lady Winterfell actually never left and gave birth to Bale the Bard's son, half wildling and half Stark, in the crypts of Winterfell. This bastard kid that was born in the crypts ends up being the 13th Lord Commander, which ends mm-hmm. up being the half-brother of Bran the Breaker, which is the king mm-hmm. at the time. So, like I said, which is why he bring he break I'm sorry, which is why he brings the Lord, the Night's King back to the crypts, breaks him to keep him there. Exactly. And then, like we said, this is the tie mm-hmm. that gives that gives the others their connection to the last hero. Now they now have yeah. a connection to the only yeah. thing, really, the only bloodline that can bring them down. That, that, yeah, exactly. They that, they finally have, like you're saying, they finally have their connection, not only to men. But also, and specific, specifically to the Starks and to the blood of of the ancient Starks, and the ancient magic that was given to them by the children of the forest. So, because remember, the first Night King, you know, I don't know, we really know who the first. We still don't know the the original Night King's, um, you know, identity, but we can assume that he wasn't a Green Seer. But after the the thirteen Lord Commander was giving his babies to the others. The new Night King that would that would step up would now have the ability of Green Seeing. He is now a Stark. He's now also a White Walker. But most importantly, he has the blood of Three Eyed Raven and can put into motion the events of him getting past the wall now. Which one of those one of those events that took place was when Bran was, you know, Green Seeing on his own and fucked up and went to go see the Night King. When he touched him, that was his final link to get him to take out the Raven at that time because because of course like right, as, as right. we see the the three not three Raven, the night king his goal we we've seen m- multiple times his goal is to take out at least at least i think anyway is, is, take to, is to take out the three eyed raven that take. like the, the one thing that can stop him is is to take out the three eyed raven now, there are a couple of things that we think honestly brought into motion um the the new return like i said there are a couple of things one, like we brought up, the Hammer of Waters. It's a really cool parallel because um, George Martin's all about yeah, he's, he's all about the similis- or similarities and uh, symbolism of, of two different storylines. So one thing uh, Darth Hillius brought up was the, the initial Hammer of Waters is what started the, started the creation mm-hmm. of the White Walkers, but the Hammer of the Waters at the Trident... Yeah, but we also see, we also see another, another metaphorical Hammer of Waters during the Battle of the Trident during Robert's Rebellion when we have an actual literal warhammer being plunged into the heart of Rhaegar's chest plate plate in the middle 
of water and, and and like we're saying this is this event was so significant that they changed the name of the river to the ruby ford because he literally smashed out every single ruby that was in his chest which was apparently a lot of them because a lot everyone who was in the area just dropped their swords and started which going after all these which, which begs to, to ask the question who wins the mountain or robert in his warhammer and his prime because Robert was not Ooh, someone to be fucked with. You know what? Ooh, that's a Ooh. tough one. You know, I might have to go with Robert actually. I, I wish they. I hope Robert. they show like some flashbacks, maybe of the uh, of the rebellion in season eight, just so we can see like prime Robert. Yeah, that that is going crazy with that warhammer. Just to see him just going around, just smashing dudes' head, just one handed. And I can I can only assume that this warhammer is massive, and he's probably. Just one handed, just I swinging that Robert's bitch around. Like, I assume Robert in his prime is probably six. He's probably like yeah. Zion Williamson yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, imagine Zion, <laughs> Zion Williamson on the battlefield with a warhammer, just going crazy. Six six two eighty, just wielding a warhammer like it's a toothpick and smashing. You, you can't face. stop that dude. You, you, you can't, can't. I mean, hell, no one in college basketball well, stopped him. So imagine yeah. <laughs> who, yeah. who in Westeros could stop this. Man, uh, but, them uh, <laughs> we, we digress. So, um, along with the hammer of the watch, like we we're saying. Because um, it's kind of like a metaphor uh, or a kind of similarity of the children bringing the hammer of the waters to the neck. Like we were saying, Robert's warhammer hammering Rhaegar's chest in the Ruby Ford. So that is also kind of what we were kind of thinking maybe could be the start of bringing the uh, bringing the White Walkers to their uh, conquest back south. Mm-hmm. Along with that, there are a couple of things. The tragedy of Summerhall. Um, if you don't know, that's when um, – that that's actually Rhaegar's birth. Yeah, that, Yeah, he was – yeah, yeah, you're right. It was yeah. actually um, the start of Rhaegar's birth. Uh, uh, another clue to maybe what could be the start of um, the White Walkers making back south is obviously the birth of dragons. Because uh, we've seen the first season the, of the comet. And the, red, and the Red Comet, yeah. Like in the books, the Red Comet doesn't show up until like the very end of it. But in the show, we see the Red Comet in what, like episode two? Yeah, like episode the, three? Very, the, very, the very beginning. And then we hear Asha say, like, that. It mean like the the red comet means fire and blood. It only and means sweet. one thing. It only means one thing in dragons. Yeah. Dragons. So maybe possibly so the, the birth the, of dragons. The birth means... of dragons means all right. Now the night king's a green seer. Perfect. Now our, our plan get in motion. Let's start moving south. Let's start working south to getting to the point we need to be to get Viserion. Exactly. Like 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 I'm pretty sure I said this in an, in an earlier episode. The birth of dragons means the rise of the White Walkers. The two sides of the same coin. The this, ice and fire. This is, after all, a song of ice and fire. Poetic, honestly. As, as always. Like I said, we're bringing you premium content. I know you guys are vibing with this, this these you, theories right now because they be. all make sense. We're, we're getting deep in this bitch. Yeah, right we're, now. Saying, we're we're scuba we're, we're, making, we're making you think about some um, shit. And like I said, let us know uh, if you guys have any thoughts or any questions. Like, leave us a comment. Uh, we'd be able to. We'd love to answer them for you or even questions that you might have. You know, just pick our brain but like i said there's a lot of shit going yeah, on with this um but like i said after the, after the event the starks became ashamed of their green seer ability once they found out that their own blood was giving to their one true mm-hmm. enemy. To, yeah to the yeah exactly they were their own blood like you said was giving to the true enemy and at this point when they take out the knight's king and bury him in winterfell and erase all everything about him from history that is the point where the north begins to forget of why they're why the starks are really there exactly but but the initial initially the north remembers 
that the Starks are there. They're bound to serve them, to protect Westeros, protect everybody. Exactly. So getting into the, the last trailer, or actually not the last tra- trailer, but a couple of the trailers that we've gotten fucking finally. Um, <laughs> it was the first one, Arya, Sansa, and Jon in the, in the right. crypts. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and the next one that came after, it looks like Arya is honestly running for her life in the yeah. crypts. Yeah, I c- it's it's very hard to tell because when you're when you're watching that, it could very well be just the corridors of Winterfell, or it could be the crypts. Either way, if she's running like that, either way, that means that the White Walkers got inside and and honestly, everything Arya has gotten a lot of FaceTime in these trailers yes, and shit. Yes. I wonder she's gonna because I've seen like we saw in the uh, the odds list of who could take Westeros. I'm pretty sure Arya was like number one or two in that, which I personally don't see, but. Mm-hmm. You know, but the cool thing is, is that we, which I didn't think about this, I didn't think this was a thing, but we're clearly going to be getting some scenes with Arya up north, fighting and fucking up some White Walkers. But you I know was, she's gonna fuck I up was, some White Walkers. I was, Honestly, she's probably yeah. the most competent fighter. No, she really uh, is. Wait, well, it's because you gotta. We we already went over this as well, <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. Sorry, but like I was of the mind before the at least before the trailer came out. Anyway, I was of the mindset that. Arya's abilities don't lend to actual battle and such like that. Like her, her abilities are more, more tailored to espionage and and spy work. And I was of the mindset that she was gonna before all of before all the shit hit the fan, she was gonna make her way yeah, down I, south. Well, th- then again, like I said, the Battle of Winterfell is on, only gonna be the third the third yeah. episode. So I can see you know them fucking up the White Walkers or getting fucked up by the. I don't know, man. Cause I, yeah. you're right. Cause I feel. She, I feel like she'd be the one to take out Cersei. Yeah, like it would, it would make sense because like she wouldn't have still have her on. Like if we're, if we're talking about her list and everything, and it was brought up multiple times in season seven about the only how Cer- one left is the mountain how, in the, yeah. in, in Cersei, and she's made good on the the names that are on her list. She's taken out four, five of them. So she's made she's made good on her word, and it, oh, it would, she's gonna yeah. she's gonna get hers. It, it, it <laughs> the bag would, will be secure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, she will not fumble that. Yeah, she so will not would, tumble and stumble and fumble it. It would make so it would make sense for her storyline to take her to King's Landing to at the very least attempt to take out Cersei. Well, just based on the crypt, or sorry, based on the trailer, like like I was saying, the crypts are very heavily implicated. So it kind of makes me think. What the fuck is down there? What could be down there, or what is the the whole crux of why the crypts are important? Um, there is one quote I wanted to read, and it's from uh, a Game of Thrones, as a John chapter. He says, "Last night he had the dream again, the Winterfell dream. He was wandering the empty castle, searching for his father, descending into the crypts. Only this time, the dream had gone farther than before. In the dark, he heard the scrape of stone on stone. When he turned, he saw the vaults were opening." one after the other, as the dead kings came stumbling from their cold black graves. John had woken in the pitch black, his heart hammering. Again, it kind of gives, like, these quotes kind of give implication to, like, there being some type yeah. of sentient form or, or, like, some type of There's something beings down there. very, very important down in the crypts that we, as an audience, have no clue what the fuck is going on. What? But there's something, there's some, there's some crazy shit down there that needs to be explored and it's probably either the reason why the living win or die another quote i want to bring up again it's actually from eddard and he says he was walking through the crypts beneath winterfell as he had walked thousand times before the kings of winter watched him as he passed eyes of ice and the dire wolves at their feet turned their gray stone heads and, st- and snarled 
again, ice eyes. It kind of gets implications that, again, the Starks have this blood tie now mm-hmm. with the others. Because um, we, we've, we've heard many, many, many times of, I, the, of uh, White Walkers and the Whites and the others like they're having their their eyes are eyes made of ice eyes like like nothing burns like the cold like they're we we get all this There's something all, down we there. get all this symbolism that that very clearly connects the starks with and the others. with the with the others one thing i wanted to get into that i'm just going to go straight tinfoil here um that i honestly kind of just thought about so like we were saying earlier the crypts are the three-eyed ravens first three-eyed raven headquarters right he was built to kind of fight against the White Walkers. The White Walkers are able to to kind of bring back the dead and use them as their army. What if the reason every Stark was buried in Winterfell is because once Bran gets there, he's going to be able to optimize his Three-Eyed Raven ability and raise the Dead Kings of Winter yeah, he's able to as a, a second game. defense to make sure they never get down there. He's able so to imagine the army. Life. Imagine your starting five lineup. You got, you know, Bran the Breaker. You got Bran the Builder. You got every other Bran in history down there. Ready, ready to, to fuck go. shit up for you. Ready to go with their rusted ass iron swords. Like like uh, Pierre Locototum in uh, the Battle of Hogwarts. Like imagine that would be dope, bro. <laughs> oh, and then imagine. That'd be some dope and shit. what if what if the stone direwolves came alive too and fought with the, the pack, <laughs> bro? Quit it, dude. That's just way too much. Uh, would you? Talk, what do we talk like about that? a CGI budget? Yeah. Oh man. But no, actually no. Fuck that. HBO. You got yeah, all yeah. the money in the world. Y'all, y'all should have y'all should have given them a fucking blank check to do whatever they wanted. And yeah, you got all the cash d- yeah, money. Yeah, y'all come y'all, on. Yeah, what, Pay whatever, the man. Whatever y'all put out is gonna make buku bucks. So buku. So and just, we're gonna love it. Yeah, and we're gonna love it. even if we hate it. We're gonna love, it, but we're gonna love it because no one's gonna hate so, anything. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking maybe the Crips. I, I really think it's because I've been thinking this for a while. It has to be a last offense, if not a last offense, or yeah. the worst thing that could possibly happen is down there. You know, something. But I think it'd be dope if, like, you know, they're down there to help protect Winterfell. Because, like I said, they're always, they are bound to serve. And also, in a lot of the, in a lot of descriptions of the crypts, the dead Starks are buried with an iron longsword across their, across their grave, across their laps, and a dead, and a stone direwolf. It is said that the iron swords are, are there to keep vengeful spirits in. So maybe what if they're there, again, Bran gets there removes all the swords and uses it, uses it as a, you know, final defense. But we could also flip the coin. Maybe they're there. The iron swords are there to keep the, the vengeful spirits in just so the Night's King can never can, yeah, can never get to them, them. And, re- and revive them. Because, again, like we were saying, if he's able to do that, that's pretty much like waking up like hundreds of, of green seers uh, yeah, to your side of, of dead yeah. green seer kings just, like, just think yeah just thinking about just think about that like the what the night king gets down to the crypts he he wins and then he raises another army of three-eyed ravens this shit's crazy like the the world's over sorry we have, we have no idea the thing is sorry if the if the battle if the battle of winterfell is taking place on the third episode this is gonna have to be resolved pretty much we're gonna have to know that the, the Identity of the Night King within the first two or three episodes. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to know what's up with the Crips there pretty soon as well. Like, and I assume what's gonna happen in the first part of the season is the White Walker threat. The last three episodes are gonna be dealing with the Golden Company and Cersei. That mean, that would make sense because I, I, I don't really know how this timeline's gonna go. Maybe it'll it'll go like the first three episodes are, you know, from 
where we start off up until the end of the battle and then mm. the next three episodes like give you like like rewind back to where like during the time when all that shit with with the battle of winterfell was going on mm-hmm. it just rewinds back to when the golden company co- comes over and they're doing their plot in this game and doing their shit and then the final episode is where we finally we get our final battle between the north and the south but what if so but, remember but, who, but notice how i said north and the south not yeah, the living and, and the, Cersei. Yeah, because it could very well be the Night way. King coming back down south and just you know just freezing everything. What what, what I'm thinking? What I'm thinking? Because what we if this do happens? see that the the Red Keep's uh, roof gets blown off and it's full of snow. And uh, during uh, one of Danny's visions, season two. So you think that so, was Viserion who did that? Possibly. It very well could have been. Hmm. Who knows? Because we they well, would remember, well, they remember wouldn't this. have shown us that that vision if something like that wasn't going to happen well remember remember this darth Elias. melisandre said she's coming back from Belantis. Mm-hmm. so what if the first half the north winds or whatever and they take out you know the the night king's army is a pack they send them back north but at this point the northern army's pretty much depleted and they have to deal with the golden company Q melisandre and oh, the fiery hand with her a thousand people who can just do work to add to the army of the north to fight against the golden company and cersei i mean i can see it happening i can see it because because why what like what else is melisandre gonna do like she says she's coming back but the only thing that i can see melisandre doing when she does come back is like you said bringing the fiery hand because what else would she be doing very true um, I guess I think I think it's gonna be the fire. Yeah, I, I think. So. But then it, again, it makes the most sense. What if it was just like a plot hole? They what if they completely forget to bring her back? <laughs> That'd be crazy. Because well, we haven't seen her in any of the trailers. I mean, she, right? Like, I mean, she. We haven't seen any like the red priest or anything. No, we have. We haven't. We haven't seen another red priest since season six. Mm. Aside from Melisandre, we haven't seen another one since season six, since Keen Vara's fine ass. Mm. Mm. Yo, mm. the red priest though, bruh, mm. bruh. They're, aside from Thoros yeah. Amir, mm. yeah, <laughs> they as, can all get Aside it. from the fact that they buy slaves and and it's a terrible, and, and, terrible and people, basically brainwash them into becoming priests and servants and bed slaves. There's some, also some there's honestly there's also a uh, a cool little theory going out there in regards to why the Night's King is back, and it kind of has to do with the religion of Rolor, because um, it's like kind of like. The Rolor religion is building up the others to be the bad people, but which, from our point of view, they are the evil that is coming. But if you kind of think but, about it, humans have warred on Westeros and around the world since the dawn since, of time. Since the beginning, the of only time. people that only pretty much warred once have been the White Walkers and the others, and they've been dormant for thousands of, thousands of years. So, what if the reason that they're coming back is because they sense that, that someone was coming for them? Yeah, they, they're they're they're. they're back because they're defending themselves they know that the dragons are back they know the the Rolor religion is claiming them to be the devil and they're coming to take care of them so since he's a green seer he's Man, putting yeah, in motion he can, how he can save his people exactly a king yeah, yeah. saving his people yeah he can he can see all this stuff going down and he see he's seeing that this Rolor religion is is becoming bigger and bigger and they're, they're and it's a fucking problem <laughs> and it's a problem he see he sees that the dragons are back that's a problem. Like Dallas even says, he right. says, if your Lord commands you to burn little girls, your, your, Lord, your Lord is evil. evil. Which, I mean, and a lot of times, pretty indisputable his, right there, I think. Uh, Germ's depiction of what's right and wrong, who good and bad, he, he 
kind of it's kind of a gray line. Yeah, he, we he, don't really know who the good guy is in the story. He is the, the master is. of of blurring the line between good and evil because you just never again like um in one of our previous episodes we talked about uh Blackwater and during that battle you didn't really know who you wanted, yeah, you to, win really because, who you wanted to win because you heard about Stannis yeah. you saw he was a shitty person and you didn't want him to win no but fuck Joffrey but <laughs> you see that he's he's attacking King's Landing and you know, we know Joffrey's the shittiest of the shitty he, he's, a, he's he's my number one on my shit list and he's the worst of the worst and you don't want him to win, but you fuck with Tyrion because Tyrion's one of the best characters out there. And you don't want him to die, mm-hmm. so you want him to win. But if he wins, that means Joffrey wins. It's a big conundrum. It's, it's just like it's, it's just like with the it's just like with the battle of the living. You know, obviously we think the good you no know, the living Danny John are the good guys because we're so invested in them. We want them to win. But what if in reality? The Night yeah. King's actually the good guy. Yeah. What if they're the ones actually playing for survival? What if they're the ones who are, um, you know. Just trying well, to live. Just trying if, to live their life. What if the Night life? King is Azor Ahai reborn, and he's coming Ooh. to, and he's coming to stem the tide of well, people could, who are coming after him. He could be Azor Ahai reborn because, like we were saying in the beginning, Azor Ahai, the last hero, is blood of the Starks. Mm-hmm. So possibly, what if the Night King, being the blood of the Stark, is truly Azor Ahai reborn, and you know everybody in Winterfell, they're all the ones. But who knows? This show is tight. This show's amazing. So let us know what yeah. you think. Um, we got more video, more videos. Sorry, we got more podcasts, more episodes we might coming throw a video for you. Out there. Um, yeah, we'll see what we can do yeah, with we'll, that. We'll no promises. Uh, but like I said, we don't plan to take any more. Well, there'll be some breaks, but not as long as we have. Um, like I said, mm-hmm. we just want these episode episodes to sit and uh, to see what you guys think. Yeah. But, once the um, uh, once the season starts, you can best believe that there will be episodes going super deep premium content super deep into uh into what we're into deep what the dives, fuck's going on Steve, it's gonna be tight yeah we're, we we might get a little crazy in here but i mean it's, it's game of thrones golf everyone like i said and and as we know fizz last season valar margulis because and valadahitis the death total fizz last season is going to be is going to be astral it's going to be sad <laughs> it's going to be absolutely sad um, it's just going to be dead motherfucking everywhere but like I said, you're listening to the greatest podcast that ever was or will be about Game of Thrones, Tales from the Shadow Tower. Um, you're fucking with the brothers. I am Mike Kilmated. I'm Darth Hilius. Uh, stay with us. We got more premium content coming to you. We got it. Be in here. We in here. We in here. Peace. <laughs>